Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. By providing that structure, it gives the, the new coach the opportunity to go and try stuff out, but in a way that if, if it doesn't go well or if it, if it doesn't go as planned, you're there to provide some support. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Hey guys, you're now listening to The Coaches Network, a podcast aiming to bring people at the heart of coach and player development together. My name is Coach Yas, a performance coach, content creator and founder of The Coaches Network. And today's episode is going to be part of our how-to series, where we discuss a range of topics and with the help of our guests, break down some actionable how-to steps to help you reach your full potential. Enjoy. Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. Today, we've got a, a guest with us who's been on the show before as part of our Insight series, but today we're going to be put working towards a how-to episode. Um, welcome back, Tom Hartley, Senior Coach Developer at UK, UK Coaching. How are you, Tom? Very good. Thank you, yes. Yeah, very good indeed. I hope you're well as well. Perfect. Yeah, I'm all, all well on my side, thanks. Um, so, Tom, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about um, coach development today, you know, how to coach the coaches, essentially. You know, I just wanted to maybe get your views and a bit of insight from you around what that looks like for you and maybe what things people should start considering within the aspect of coach development. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think looking at the world of coach development is possibly a a world where we haven't paid a huge amount of attention in the past. Um, And there's so much opportunity to think about the role that individuals have on supporting other coaches. One one thing that that has really kind of been um, clear to me since since I joined UK coaching and and from kind of recent experiences is as people who are out there de- developing other coaches, we wear lots of different hats. Um, so it might be sometimes we are a tutor, we're running a coach education course, um, we might be an assessor and, and in the process of helping people gain a qualification, we might be a a developer and, and maybe doing some of the things between the formal education uh, or even a mentor um, and being that kind of person to talk to and check and challenge things. And um, one thing that, that's really stood out to me recently is having that awareness that as, as a coach developer, you wear maybe more than one hat at the same time. And the more you're aware of that for yourself, the more effective you can be in your role supporting coaches. And just on that, then, what would you say are some of the most important things to consider when, when deciding which hat you should be wearing? I, I think I think it depends on the context that you're working in. Um, I, are you there to provide some support, to be a critical friend? Um, is this part of a qualification um, and, and helping people kind of meet a certain assessment standard to, to get through? Uh, and I think these these bear, these kind of factors would have a bearing on uh, the, the hat you might need to wear and also it depends on the person that you're working with and the type of support that, that they need um, and everyone's different everybody 
everybody learns in a different way and as as coaches or as teachers or as coach developers um, we try our best to help people develop in a certain way but what they take from our interactions might sometimes be different from what we intend um, so it's about about understanding what's really important to the person that you're working with and that can help shape the type of support that you offer definitely you know it's touching on those hats you, you know one of them was a uh, obviously in the form of a mentor I think would you mind just talking to a little bit about that aspect of being a mentor and how important it is to maybe put the I guess the mentee at the forefront and sometimes it's just taking a, a back seat a little bit in maybe guiding rather than leading if that makes sense yeah um, I think I think when you when you look at sport and you look at the work around mentoring with sports coaches, there's a limited amount of uh, research or insight out there to help guide how mentors can be really effective. And some of the things that I've kind of looked at and, and thought about is, well, how can you provide really effective support to someone who's who's wanting to develop as a as an aspiring coach? And actually, it doesn't matter if you're you're a brand new coach and, and you're taking your first steps into into the game or your sport, or if or if you've been coaching for many years, having someone who can support and help guide you and almost just be that person you can bounce ideas off and be a be a sounding board is is always important. Um, from from experiences of mentoring coaches myself, um, I think I think it's the the approach you adopt has to be centered around the interests and the, the needs of the person that you're working with. Um, but, but almost the, there's a, there's different stages I think that coaches or, or mentors can go through to think about how they have a really, really positive impact. Mm. So for example, if you're working with, with someone who's new into coaching and, and doesn't necessarily have a range of coaching experiences to draw upon, you're, you're then helping them think about, their experiences perhaps as a player or when they were coached to start their journey or their they almost build their biography as a as a coach. And that's that's probably where as a mentor you probably need to provide a bit, bit more structure. So why don't you have a go at this practice? Have you thought about asking questions in this way? And by providing that structure, it gives the the new coach the opportunity to go and try stuff out. But in a way that if if it doesn't go well or if it if it doesn't go as planned, you're there to provide some support. And I think through that relationship and, and as it progresses over a period of time, that moves from the mentor providing lots of structure to help the coach build this this kind of library of experiences um, through to a point where uh, your role is is more to just ask a leading question or to um, help help the coach feel confident to to challenge something in an appropriate way or, or talk around some of the wider issues around coaching. Um, so I guess starting in a, in a very much like a copy and paste style. So here's a practice, have a go, tell me what you think through to something where you're, you're helping that, that coach to think about coaching from a, from a bigger picture perspective and, and the technical tactical things are probably less of a priority with more experienced coaches than they are with, with coaches who are new into the game. And just on that, then you talk there about that copy and paste approach. Now, if we look at, the, I guess, the coach education pathway with women football in particular, um, there's been a lot of transition in terms of how that's changed over the last few years in particular. And obviously, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, off the back of this pandemic, there's probably going to be dramatic changes again. 
Um, and I think you've already been, you know, uh, partly experienced that in that your first block of UEFA license was, well, online, wasn't it? Mm, um, yeah. But in regards to the delivery of the courses, now there's been a massive shift around that copy and paste of which where it was previously might have been right. Here's the tutors. The tutors might have about 10 or 12 different sessions they're going to put on for you and you pretty much had to deliver it exactly how they delivered it um, in order to pass. That's obviously shifted a lot now to um, the learner coach having a lot more freedom and ex um, an opportunity to maybe express themselves and deliver what they want to deliver as long as they can maybe provide some sort of justification rationales, you know, behind their practice in terms of the, the, the session itself as well as their delivery of it. What would you say to those coaches who are maybe caught in between and maybe haven't quite or haven't quite got the confidence to maybe come up with their own stuff and maybe to are becoming very reliant on a I guess a tutor a tutor centered approach in terms of delivery. And how would you how would you advise that the, the tutors maybe start to offer some of that ownership or embed some of that ownership back in and build that confidence for the learner coach hmm. I, I think I think that's a really complex question but but a really important one at the same time and I think it, again it, it starts in that place where if you're a, you're a new coach coming on a level one course for the first time um, you might you might have had some experiences of coaching you've certainly got some experience of being coached for yourself and for the coach educator, it's, it's, I guess the, we use that analogy of a, a coach's toolbox and, and what, what tools can we put in that toolbox to help coaches be skillful at designing practice and then adapting practice as well. And when I think whatever stage you're at in coaching, making changes and adapting things and making it look easy is, is always really quite difficult. And I think it's about to start with coach educators being able to help coaches with some guiding principles that they can use to adapt their practice. So it might be the coach educator shares a game or a practice, but that might need to be adapted to fit in the context of that coach when they normally go and where they normally go and work. Mm. So uh, as an example, so lots of coaches, I'm sure kind of are familiar with the step principle. So making changes to size and task equipment, people, and actually that that's a really clear way of modifying an activity to to make it fit into your context and I think we've probably all experienced well some of us have, will have experienced the the old style level one 10 15 years ago where you go on a course and you you have to copy a number of um, practices that the coach educator shows to better pass and those games might not work with the teams that you work with or the or the people that you coach so I think for coaches it's it's then having an understanding about the things that they they can adopt, the things they can start doing from coach education, the things they want to be able to adapt, and then the stuff that they might want to reject. And I think where, where maybe the role of a coach developer or a mentor could really come to life is helping, helping the coaches think about what works for them in their context, because context is absolutely king. It, it, if you are delivering practices that aren't appropriate to your context that it's not going to be good for you as a coach you're not going to develop your confidence in your skills in the right way but equally it's not going to be beneficial for the players that you work with um, so yeah I think for me it's, it's about coaches having an appreciation about that adopting adopting practice that they see maybe through coach education 
adapting stuff for their environment, but being confident enough to say, well, no, I'm going to reject that. That's not going to work for me. And then maybe having someone else who can help them through that process. Definitely. And obviously within that, that takes a lot of confidence and I guess a uh, self-assurance in that respect to kind of have that approach and say, no, I'm going to stand by this. How or what would you say to those tutors that may be struggling to get that out of, out of the coach learners in particular? Because, And what would your advice be to those coaches who are maybe have questions but are very reserved in getting those questions out? Because there's a lot, you know, certainly from my experience, you know, having delivered courses myself, there's been plenty of time where maybe a learner is too keen on just soaking up information, not challenging the information enough, if that makes sense. Hmm. Maybe, maybe we have a... Uh, a con we're, maybe we're conditioned to an extent about what what to expect from coach education mm. so we go on a course and we expect expect almost our our cup of knowledge to be filled up by a tutor but actually it doesn't work like that learning is effortful you have to apply yourself to be able to to be able to kind of make this stuff sticky and I think some of that is around the skill of the tutor or the developer to make sure that there's a there's an emotional connection with with the type of work that you're doing, but then it's it's the role of the the person coming on the course to to really think about how this will work for them. Um, I, I w was thinking the other day about we we talk about learners coming on courses. Well, actually, we're all learners. We're all learning something all the time, and I think that's a really positive message for coaches and coach developers to think about because. If I'm going out to a to a club to help a, a coach with, with a practice or something that they're working on, well, that's just as much a learning experience for me as it is for them. So if we if we enter into coach development together, because we all see things from different angles, then we'll probably have a, a, a more meaningful experience. And and linked with that is this notion and a, and a word that I've heard used a lot recently around vulnerability. So it takes an element of vulnerability to go and try something new because it might just go wrong and that's okay. But if we don't take that kind of risk and it's vulnerability with a small V, then we never give ourselves the chance of developing and growing as a coach. And that goes for coach developers too. Let's try this new approach to helping coaches. Let's, let's maybe package the information up in a different way and see what happens because actually some stuff might not work, but you might come out with some great ideas at the other end that could, influence things that you do in the future mm. i think you know you just, you just touched on there about some of the things that you come up with that you could influence what you do in the future and how important is it that as coaches and coach developers or more, more specifically that we really embrace the ideas of coach learners that they come up with in you because know, i think at, at times is i've certainly been in uh you know in a position where as a, a coach learner myself where you might think okay well the the tutor or the mentor that you've got at that particular time expects to see a certain thing and you know you almost you're touching on what you said there earlier about having a certain uh you know expectation of what coach education looks like in that respect and you want to kind of almost there's almost a slight push towards almost conforming to what what the expectation is if that makes sense um, yeah yeah I, I i agree and i think um perhaps learners on courses are a bit like children when we're coaching because actually as a as a, an eight-year-old in a practice you want to try and please the coach mm. you want to do what they're asking and the same maybe goes for for a, for a, a person on a on a course 
that they tr want to try and replicate some of the stuff that the, that the coach educator is showing them because if they don't, they might not pass. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, here's a controversial statement, but sometimes maybe qualifications get in the way of some really good learning because well, actually we have to meet standards A, B, and C. So we have to behave and, and demonstrate things to fall in line with that where that could constrain some of the stuff that's really important for coaches, um, which I why, why I guess it's, it's really important. Co coaching qualifications are really important. And the information which, are, which is out there, especially on lots of the FA courses, is fantastic. Um, but it, it also demonstrates a need that it's not just about learning on courses. That, that, that will take up a percentage of the stuff that we learn, and we probably all have a different value attached to that. Some people might think that they get most of their learning from Coach Ed. Some, some people might think they get a lot less. But it's, it's, I guess it's having an appreciation that that's not where all the learning happens. So much learning happens by just going out and doing it and, and trying things out and reflecting on how stuff goes and then making making adaptions from it. We're, we're surrounded by loads of influences at the moment through podcasts and uh, webinars and, and online stuff that, that we can just immerse ourselves in. And I think for coaches, it's about having an understanding of themselves so they can take the bits which are important for them to help develop their practice. and the more we try out new stuff and then figure out, like I said earlier, if we want to uh, adopt it, adapt it or reject it, uh, I guess what's important to us and the, the why, of, why of our coaching will probably evolve slightly over time. Definitely. And I think, you know, just within that, would you then say that the coach developer in that, in that, from that perspective should be a lot more open and I guess less expected? have less expectations of what the coach should potentially be doing. And then obviously then you touched here about the meeting the standards, obviously regarding the qualifications. And I think within that, that, that presents its own challenges, especially now if you look at the coach education pathway within the FA and how a lot of it is a lot more free in that respect where coaches can try different things, you know, and there's this whole emphasis around being able to justify and rationalise what you're doing. With the coach developer now, do you think that role has, you know, maybe changed a lot in the sense that you maybe shouldn't have as much expectations around what the coach should be doing, but just being more just supportive of what the coach is doing, if that makes sense? Mm -hmm. I, I think the role of the coach developer that that's a that's a huge question, and 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 I suppose if you, we all reflect on ourselves, we probably all have a a feeling or a belief around what good coaching looks like and how we want the game of football to be played um, and, and other stuff around age appropriateness of, of practice. Now, as an effective coach developer, maybe maybe it's about going to support someone else but trying to park some of your own beliefs for a second so you can be as objective as possible so you can look at someone else's practice with a whole fresh set of eyes so I'll give you an example. Um, so on the on the first part of the UEFA A, um, there's some information on the course around um, observing players um, and observing them uh, when they're off the ball and when they're on the ball. Um, and the FA showed this brilliant tool on how to how to do it and give some really great guiding principles. Mm. Um, I suppose the thing that I, it's got me thinking about is well, is that the only way to observe players? 
And perhaps are there some alternatives that coaches could look at and think about what's going to work for them in their context? Um, so f- for me, if I, if I was going supporting a, a coach and I wanted them to have a really, uh, a kind of a really, uh, an experience centered around them, one of the things I want to do perhaps is rather than say, well, I like what you've done, but why don't you try this? It's, al- it's almost to say, well, here are maybe three different ways you could achieve the outcome that you're looking for what's going to suit you and your your players best and then it's about coaches making decisions that that kind of really resonate with what's important to them when they coach I, I think but maybe there's something in actually we can get fascinated by stuff as coaches we've, we've probably all been there going on a course or, or reading a new book and then your training sessions for the next three weeks look really different because you've been fascinated with with a new way of coaching or a new a new practice design or whatever it might be. And that, that can happen quite often where a coach sees a new idea, they like the idea and they just, they run with it. Um, and sometimes don't often take enough time, in my opinion, to address whether it's actually appropriate for the environment they're going to apply it in, if that makes sense. That's it. And, and maybe the, the, there comes a point when we need to stop listening to experts and just trust ourselves. Mm. Um, and And absolutely, there's always a, there's always a need to listen to others and to open yourself up to stuff that maybe you agree with and things that challenge your beliefs around coaching. Um, but actually backing yourself to say, well, actually, no, this feels right for me and the way I feel comfortable in coaching. So this is the route I'm going to go down. Um, and it, that, that would take a lot of bravery um, and, and almost quite a lot of resilience as well, because actually the way that you coach might not fit with the context that you're working if, if that's against maybe the philosophy of the academy that you're working in then actually you might have to really think about how you adapt things or how you don't mm. um, but I think it takes some bravery to, to put yourself in a position where you, you you're kind of quite clear on the way that you want to do things definitely and you, you, know, you talk there about the idea of you know about philosophy and you know I think there's not enough coaches out there that maybe have a clearly articulated philosophy. Um, and some of the, some that do, they don't maybe often take into consideration the fine detail, i.e. the const- you know, the constraints and pressures of the, of the given environment that they're working in. Therefore, at times, find their philosophies to be um, ineffective on, a, on occasion. What would you say to maybe the coach developers or even the coaches in that respect? in terms of how to address those needs and support coaches in identifying some of those things? Yeah, I think the word philosophy perhaps is one that we use a lot, don't we, around coach education and really um, highlight the significance of coaches having a, a clear identity or a clear way of doing things. And, and perhaps within this, there's a separation to an extent because they're not completely separated, but they are different things about a playing philosophy how we maybe like the game of football to be played, but also how we want to coach. Why do we coach the way that we do? Um, and what, what maybe I found useful and, and perhaps the way I'd encourage people to think about it is to start with why. Why do you coach? What, what, what's really important to you around your, your practice? What are your non-negotiables? Uh, so to, to give you an example, for me, one, one thing that, that I always really want to champion is is challenging the status quo actually mm. do, do we have to do stuff in the way that we've always done it or are there other ways which might might be better for for coaches or for for players or whoever it might be 
Um, now, I guess that that kind of that reason is something that will go with me if I'm at work in my day job or if I'm out on the pitch coaching. Um, but it's something that's always really important to me. And I think for coaches to take a step back from their philosophy, not not to just think about the way they want their back four to play, but how do they want to be when they're at training? If if someone was going to talk about them, what words would the coach want them to use? And and I think that there's lots of um, reading around there by a guy called Simon Sinek, and he talks. He's got a book that kind of start start with why, and that's applied to business. And he talks about kind of companies like Apple, who make a very similar product to let's say uh, Dell. Um, but the way that they approach the market, Apple Apple want to do things differently to other people. Apple want to have the the sleekest, but also most easy design, and they want to go out and change the way that people interact with technology. I'm not trying to sell Apple, by the way, um, but they sell a very similar product to other people in that marketplace. But people buy Apple because it appeals to things which are important to them. So I think for coaches and coach developers, anybody really who's working in in this environment to think about what's your why? Why do you get out of bed and go and coach or go and support other people and start from that point? It's a really healthy place to to start thinking about what's important to you. Yeah. And, you know, just to talk there about identifying what's important to you. Within that, then, what would you say are some questions that maybe coaches and coach developers alike could start to consider when they are addressing that um i think i think if if coach developers can support coaches with with almost that fresh pair of eyes and and from a different point of view that that just again starts the process where they're not putting their own beliefs on onto that of another coach um Maybe, maybe something that that could be really useful for for coaches if or coach developers if you have the opportunity is to go and watch a coach from a completely different sport and and almost then that, that gives you a gives you a way in where you can cut through some of the tradition perhaps of that sport because you are completely fresh and it might give you the opportunity to ask questions or see things in a really different way um, and that that sometimes if if we spent all of our time in football, and I appreciate lots of people listening to this might have, if we spent all of our time there, we, we may have, I guess, some some, uh, some baggage that we take with us around our experiences and our beliefs and, and our, our knowledge. But actually taking that, those things which are really important to us and seeing what they look like in another context, I think is a, is a really good, good test of them. Yeah. Um, and then you can come back into football with maybe some fresh ideas and, and fresh ways of looking at things. Definitely. And you know, I think, you know, just just to kind of build further onto that, then, you know, as a coach developer, what would you say if you were to summarize it now, then what are some of the key things that we need to consider when going into that environment, whether that be going in and supporting as a mentor, you know, as one of those hats that you suggested, or whether that be going to deliver on a coach education course? Um, what are some of the questions you're asking yourself and your, you know, the steps you're taking yourself through when you are now stepping into that environment? Yeah, I guess I guess maybe three things spring to mind. First of all, it's about creating a really safe environment, whether that's, um, I guess, in particular, psychologically. So do people feel like they can ask a question, try stuff out without the fear of it going wrong? 
Um, and I think that's really important because if you're in a, in a place where the, there's almost some power in the relationship or, or people feel like they might be chastised for making a mistake or it might, might jeopardise their chances of passing or failing the course, then you might not get a true representation of the, the coach you're trying to support. So creating a really safe environment, kind of sharing with people what your expectations are, but also what you don't expect from them is is really important. Um, alongside that, maybe maybe this message around trying to seek to understand people before being understood. And that that's massive. Perhaps sometimes as coaches, we go in and, or coach developers, sorry, we go in and we want to, uh, we want to go and help people get better, which is which is brilliant. But perhaps we don't spend enough time just just watching and observing and sensing in to what's going on already. So therefore, if we understand the context that the coach is working in better, then perhaps the message we eventually share will be, be better received. And then the, just the final one for me is about hierarchy. And if you're a coach developer or a, a tutor or a coach educator, you're coming in into an environment with, with I guess, uh, some power and some authority because you're seen as the expert and the person who perhaps could have an impact on what happens next with this coach. So the more we can remove that hierarchy and, and make those relationships open and equal, uh, perhaps we'll, we'll find some more honest and genuine things from those relationships with coaches. So it, rather than saying, I'm the expert and I'm going to help you get better, they're saying, well, actually, we're on this journey together. What stuff can we find out in the same way? And to, to give you an example of that, and it's about a coach with, this is, I guess, coaching with players rather than coach developer with coaches, but the, the same principles apply. I was coaching the other night, uh, women's senior team, and it was about it was about how the back four combined with uh, the two CDMs. And the, the centre-back in the team saw more pictures than me because she was in, in positions on the field where it was happening right in front of her. So she, mm-hmm. we created an environment where she was felt comfortable to say to me, Coach, I've seen this. And we, we need to get this message across to the players further up the pitch. And that's brilliant because actually everybody sees the game, whether that's a coach developer or a coach or a player, will see it in a slightly different way. So if we can help people feel com- comfortable to share what they see because we're all trying to achieve something similar, then then I think that could be really important for, the, for everyone you're working with. Definitely. And I think, you know, just talking there about... And I think it applies to players and coaches in this perspective. You want something that you just said that really stood out for me was almost put yourself in their shoes. Mm. It's whether that be the player or a coach, can you try and see things from their perspective? So if that means altering your coaching position or if that means altering your observation position, uh, when you're looking at supporting a coach, try and see things from their perspective, remove best as possible, try and remove your own biases, your own um beliefs in those moments just so that you can kind of really take on board what it is and almost to an extent be empathetic towards the thinking of that individual and the processes that they've gone through to get to where they've got to if that makes sense um but tell me i'm very mindful of your time as well but uh certainly some positive steps there for some coaches and coach developers to consider when they're looking at reflecting on their own behaviors and how to support others um 
Tom, just on a final, if you if you got um, you know, I know you've been on the show before, but if you've got anywhere that listeners can get in touch with, you if they've got any further questions, yeah, two two clear places really. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, so uh, at Thomas W Hartley, and also in my my day to day job, I work for UK Coaching, um, who who seem to be sometimes the best kept secret out there around supporting coaches. So there's a huge amount of resource on our website. Uh, for coaches and and also a, a growing set of resources of podcasts and articles and blogs and all kinds of things for coach developers too. So that's ukcoaching.org. Uh, and you can find lots lots of interesting stuff on there that actually doesn't matter what level you're coaching at or what sport you're coaching in. Um, there's lots there which which is aimed to, to, to support the coach. Well, there you have it, guys. You've been listening to another edition of the Coaches Network How-To Series where we discuss a range of topics and with the help of our guests break down some action or how-to steps for you to reach your full potential. Now, I've got no doubt that you've enjoyed today's episode as much as we have, but I just want to say thanks again, guys. You know, your support is massively appreciated. So thanks again for everyone that's been tuning in and please do get in touch with us and today's guest to let us know where you're listening from, to share your thoughts, your views and your key takeaways from today's show. Along with any suggestions for guests you'd like to see on the show and any topics you'd like to hear discussed, ultimately, guys, the show is about you guys. So let us know what you're interested in, who you're interested in listening from, so get us and get in touch. And on that note, guys, you can get in touch on Instagram at The Coaches Network or on Twitter at The Coaches Net. But please do not forget to use the hashtag The Coaches Network. That was the hashtag The Coaches Network. We need as much support we can get to keep this great content coming out to you. Now, lastly, guys, I just want to say keep an eye out for our socials on the latest updates and announcements for upcoming guests and discussion topics with our panel. Until next time, guys, take care and have a great day. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.